0: Welcome back to Believing Colts. I'm Lawrence Owen. With me today is Will McFadden to talk about the Atlanta Falcons trading. Oh, Matt Ryan to the AFC and the Indianapolis Colts. Will, why don't you give everyone a little bit of information about yourself and, and, and where they can find you?
1: Yeah, uh, well, thank you so much for having me on. Um, everybody can find me. If they care about following the Falcons or, you know, movies or, uh, other random pop culture stuff at Will McFadden on Twitter. Uh, if you care specifically about Falcons news, the Matt Ryan breakdown, uh, and listening to podcasts, you can find my podcast, um, Believe in Falcons, wherever you hear this wonderful podcast. And, uh, Yeah, any of my written work will be over at the Falcoholic, where we're breaking down pretty much anything um, Falcons-related. It's part of the Vox SB Nation family of websites. So, yeah, I I covered the Falcons for four years for atlantafalcons.com. Got a chance to know Matt Ryan during that time. Very sad that he's leaving Atlanta. But honestly, if there was any place I felt like he was going to go, where because in Atlanta, we all want what's best for Matt Ryan, right? We want him to make it to the Hall of Fame one day. To do that, I always felt Indy was the best spot. Quentin Nelson, Jonathan Taylor, Darius Leonard, let's go. Matt Ryan, go win yourself a Super Bowl and go do it in Indy.
0: Wow, you heard it here. You're telling me that you believe that with the Colts' current roster and maybe a tweak here or two, that you think this could be a Super Bowl team for the AFC? I even think even with even with <laughs> what just happened in the AFC West over the last few weeks It's that time of year as college basketball takes center stage with the tournament finally upon us if you're looking to wager this year bet online is your number one spot for all your updated odds and info along with great contests including the back bracket contest where you have a chance to take home the top prize head over to our website or use the mobile device. To sign up today and receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit, just use our promo code Believe. That's B L E A V to get started. Bet online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your famous favorite Vegas casino games. Wow! Bet online—it's where the game starts.
1: No, I, I mean I, I think even if. Even if Matt had, let's say joined Las Vegas, they're still probably fourth in the AFC West. So you know let's let's not let's not say that Matt automatically makes Indy the favorite in the AFC. But what I think it does is, if you get a rejuvenated Matt Ryan, absolutely what happened with the Rams in the NFC? could happen with the Colts. Matt Ryan is is a better quarterback, frankly, in my opinion, than Matthew Stafford, although they are both very good friends um, and very, very comparable quarterbacks. I mean, just success right from day one, very early draft picks kind of came in to downtrodden franchises. I know Matt Matthew Stafford didn't have the lasting success Matt Ryan had, I think, in Atlanta, but both reached pretty high heights with teams that had not historically achieved those heights. I think what you're going to get from day one with Matthew Stafford is a raising of the Colts' floor. And you're not going to get these day-to-day dips in consistency, in production, in preparation. Matt from day one is going to step in, be a pro, and prepare, get the most out of his teammates, do the little things, the little details that it takes, whether that's coming out 45 minutes before a game, doing his own warm-up. Um, bringing the other quarterbacks along in training camp during the third team two-minute drill on the main field. He's going to be off on field three, running some some suicide drills. You know, I, I loved watching that every single training camp. It's just somebody who is 33 years old in year 12 of his NFL career coming off an MVP season, doing the little tiny things that it takes to remain excellent in this game. That's what Matt Ryan brings to the table. It's the reason the Falcons went 7-10 and 10 last season when nobody expected them to do anything. And it's just really, Matt Ryan is going to raise the floor of this team that already had a really high floor because of the talent, but I think suffered from maybe some of the inconsistencies at the most important position last year. They're not going to suffer from, from those inconsistencies with Matt Ryan because he is one of the most consistent quarterbacks, I think, in the NFL.
0: Well, that's good to hear. Uh, there is a lot of question marks when it comes to Matt Ryan, especially with Colts fans, because uh, l- let's face it, he is on the tail end of his career, being 36 now. And a lot of people want to know, where's his arm strength, his throwing power at currently? And, and and uh, you know, h- how is he working with that? Uh, I, I mean,
1: I think his arm strength, when he came into the league, he never had, you know, he was never Patrick Mahomes. He was never Matthew Stafford in that sense. But where you'll see his arm strength really, really shine through is in the intermediate over the middle routes. And in his 2016 MVP season, it was those deep, you know, 18-yard digs to Julio Jones where he would rifle it in between, you know, say maybe a, a Tampa 2 dropping middle linebacker, and then a safety maybe coming down over the top to make the play and would just kind of fit it in eight inches of a window there and and get it in there. He did that 100% effectively this past season. That's his arm strength. Matt's never been a Patrick Mahomes, a Ben Roethlisberger, where it's going to be a 60 yard just kind of down the field. We did start to see more boundary shots. I think this past year with Arthur Smith's offense, that's just part of it a little bit more is attacking, um, you know, more of that cover three kind of the right on the the sideline, the boundary. He was effective with that. So I do still think he's, he can throw it 50 yards. I mean, he, he's got enough NFL arm strength. I think that where you'll see the arm strength be most effective is really the zip it into tight windows type of throws. Then just the, hey, it's a seven-step drop and chuck it as far as you can down the field. That's never really been Matt's game. It's the accuracy and the the pace that he puts on a lot of the fastballs down the middle that really, I think, separates Matt in terms of accuracy and playmaking ability all over the field. Because anybody can throw just kind of a deep shot to the sideline. Like, rookies coming into the league can do that. It's really the, the pace to put it right on the receiver when you need to, that I think Matt is exceptional at. And I think that's a hard part of the game to diagnose.
0: Yeah. Another, another hard thing to diagnose is, you know, uh, reading a coverage while the play is going and then throwing a receiver open. Right. Even though they're already covered, they're in a bad spot, maybe a quarterback then, you know, loss it into a spot that is open so that the receiver could just go get it. Yep. And and then make a play. How's how's Matt when it comes to something like that?
1: Oh, that's that's a it's a really good question because I can think of immediately many examples when he did and didn't do that. But I feel <laughs> like that's probably the case for any quarterback, right? Right. I I feel like from my own personal memory is I just picture so many times when Andrew Luck would throw T.Y. Hilton kind of open on -hmm. maybe some of these long, deep, crossing post routes kind of from the left to the right. And it it would be the the ball is kind of thrown towards the right pylon and T.Y. Hilton's just running underneath it, catching it, and and running it in the end zone. Matt Ryan's able to deliver that ball. What he struggles with, I think, a little bit more are some of these maybe deep post, deep, maybe not as, as hard, uh, of an angle, skinny post right down the middle, that arm strength, which I mentioned a little bit earlier, just the deep get it 65 yards and let the receiver run right under it, even with Julio. And you know, it's, it's always hard to compare Julio to other receivers because for somebody so big, he does run so fast that it's, Mm-mm. it's just weird. It's a, Kind of a mental gymnastics to look at somebody that big and and think that he's overrunning balls. Matt would tend to over or underthrow Julio a little bit. Um, I I kind of wonder where he will be with the Colts receivers because I've been trying to think over the past couple of hours where I would rank this stable of Colts skill weapons with some of the Falcons over years past. I think Jonathan Taylor far and away one of the best maybe maybe ahead of Michael Turner, although you know we, we need to see how the career plays out but right now like looks like he could be the best running back Matt Ryan's ever had. I think the offensive line is great. I'm curious to see because the knock on Matt was always he needs great skill players around him. I don't actually think that's true and I think a lot of Falcons fans would push back against that because he has really raised the level of players around him throughout his career. I'm really excited to see if he does that with these Colts skill players because, well, you, you know, it, it is, it's is—it's not the Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne group, but there is talent here, um, even though some of the tight ends are gone, I think, from years past that people would maybe associate with the Colts. But, you know, how, what do you think about uh, Matt Ryan's ability to to work with these guys?
0: Well, I think that he's going to love Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he, he's a big, strong 50-50 catch guy, you know, that – that really kind of, in all honesty, kind of dug Carson Wentz out of a, uh, bad throws multiple times this, that past year. Yeah. Um, another guy that I think Matt will love, and I got a question for you on utilization, is Naheem Hines, who is a. He hates the word scat back, does, <laughs> okay? But that's kind of basically what he is, right? But he can play the slot receiver position and stuff like that as well. Um, is Matt good at, at 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 targeting guys like that that's, you know, coming out of the backfield for, like, screen plays or, or uh, little wheel routes coming out of the backfield, stuff like that?
1: So I would say that over his career, kind of the – the guys that he's had that match uh, Naheim's characteristics uh, would be uh, Jerry Norwood or Jaquiz Rogers, um, who he kind of had from that 2011 to kind of like 2014 range, which were decidedly kind of the least successful parts of, of Matt Ryan's run. Traditionally, you know, if you think about somebody like Tom Brady, he always loves the running backs out of the backfield or kind of the the slot receivers running those short intermediate crossing routes matt has always liked his number one receivers whether it be a roddy white or a julio jones or a calvin ridley he's always liked his tight ends tony gonzalez austin hooper um you know kyle pitts last year that's where Matt is usually most comfortable, which is why I referenced, you know, kind of the the tight ends that Indy had a couple of years ago, like Matt would have fit in, I think, perfectly with this type of, you know, think about Tampa Bay or, or New England, or just this type of two tight end set, which Atlanta's had kind of over the past couple of years with Kyle Pitts, Hayden Hurst last year, Austin Hooper, Hayden Hurst, um, you know, well, they didn't coincide, but just this type of of notion of always having a strong number one tight end, I think Matt prefers as opposed to a running back out of the backfield. The most production that the Falcons had receiving-wise with running backs were with Kyle Shanahan. But that's more of a product, I think, of Kyle Shanahan's offense and particularly using somebody like Tevin Coleman and Devontae Freeman kind of split out as wide receivers that's where they did their most damage is think of like an Alvin Kamara Christian McCaffrey moving out into the slot and being a pseudo receiver Matt loves that stuff I will be very curious to see in this kind of you know Frank Reich offense kind of that that does use that Darren Sproles type of player Matt can do it for sure whether or not that's been the strength over the course of his career
0: no I, I don't think so well, the fact that you brought up that he loves his tight ends is a huge thing for me. Colts have a second-year tight end, Kylan Granson, and they just re-signed Mo Cox, who is a big, long arm, big hand. He's got bigger hands than Kyle Pitts. Okay? <laughs> but Carson not longer Grant, arms though. I I don't remember what they said. Uh, it was it was cl- I know um, he's got like eleven-inch hands. It's freaking <laughs> ridiculous. All it's right, bigger than mine. Yeah, um, <laughs> but the thing is, is Mo Ali Cox. The problem with Carson Wentz is he would try to place it where Mo can get it, but he mm-hmm. always just just past his fingertips. You know, uh, going for that that type of situation. I think that that's where Matt could really really shine when this Colts offense is. We have got a couple tight ends. Now, obviously, Jack Doyle retired this past year, who I think he would have absolutely loved, but yes. you know, gone. Um, but at the same time, I think we have the skill players at the tight end. Granted, uh, we usually carry three, so I expect them to get another one, whether it be a free agency or the draft. But, yeah, that's that's a situation that I'm really looking forward to uh, with Matt Ryan and and the Indianapolis Colts. Um, Yeah. Gerard powers who is my co-host here on believing colts really (laughs) wanted to show up but he was he was busy doing workouts with other cornerbacks training and stuff so uh he did want to say that hey what's up and oh by the way he remembers the pick six that he had from matt ryan back in 2011 um (laughs) wait wait you gotta you gotta tell me tell me more about that (laughs) i don't he just texted me that earlier um Twenty twenty eleven. So that would I think. Been... He, I think he said it was twenty eleven. Hold on, I'll get exactly. Yep. Tell them I walked off a Matt Ryan uh, interception for a touchdown back in twenty eleven. Even though they beat our blah. <laughs> a a- <laughs> asterisk
1: asterisk. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Let's see. I'm, I'm now. I'm now looking up the uh, the twenty eleven Falcons schedule. This is. Phenomenal podcasting. Um all right. So it was a, it was a 31-7 uh Falcons win. Matt Ryan had uh, three touchdown passes, one interception. Mm-hmm. Gerard Powers six yard yep. interception return in the uh in the second quarter. So what's up, Gerard? Congratulations <laughs> on scoring that one touchdown.
0: <laughs> <laughs> even though even though Matt went ahead and finished the game off, uh it is what it is. Yeah. Um, that that says quite a bit. I mean, he's been playing since 2011. It's 2022. He's been playing yeah. since before. So, I mean, he's got experience. But he but he nice. has not
1: changed as a player. Is, is like he has been and that is what I mean about his consistency because it's it's not just he's very consistent game to game, but he's very consistent because week to week he's the exact same person um and having gotten the chance to talk to him after wins, after losses, after some of his best performances, after some of his worst performances there's no difference in in the way he approaches the game in the praise that he gives to others on his team in the blame that he takes upon his, himself you know he he's going to be a statesman for your your team you know there's a reason why i think collectively the the entire nfl country is kind of sitting here saying you know falcons how could you do this to matt ryan we have not heard a single word from matt ryan the colt colts fans won't you know unless it's it's positive you know they, they he just is not a not somebody to create drama he's not mm-hmm. somebody to cause a stir he's going to say the right things he's going to go about his business and you're going to know what to expect from him game in and game out for better and for worse. I mean, but that's the type of player he is. And I'm, I'm jealous for you guys, honestly, because I already missed the Matt Ryan era. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, So it'll be interesting to see Matt Ryan work with Frank Reich, right? I yeah. Mean, that's, that's going to be a really good combination, but Frank Reich, this offense, it runs a lot of RPOs and a lot of play action. Um, what, how, how does, how does Matt run with the, with, with those two styles?
1: So I, I will answer after one clarifying question. Is the play action more of an RPO style of play action, or is it a turn your back to the defense style of play action?
0: They run both. Okay. Uh, now when Philip Rivers ran play action, it was the RPO style play, or no, it was the regular um,
1: like out of, back. yeah, he'll turn under your center, turn your back, hand it off, turn
0: around yeah. and throw the ball. Yeah. Yeah. But like Carson Wentz, he RPO. played both RPO and play action where he would okay. turn his back. They run both of them uh quite a bit, usually to confuse defenses. Right. I mean, that's, yeah. that's how you, you run that now, obviously I don't expect much of the, Matt Ryan take off with the football on the RPOs <laughs> part of the R of the RPOs. But how good is he with uh, both both those styles of, of, of turning his back and not turning his back?
1: So I would say that, um, you know, Matt's last college football season at Boston College was in 2007, um, <laughs> which also happened to be coincidentally the year that I started my freshman year of high school. So, uh, that's a very, very long time ago and they weren't running RPOs, uh, very frequently if at all at the college level at that time. So Matt, uh, you know, I don't think has the history of running a lot of these RPOs that a lot of the newer quarterbacks coming out of college these days now do that being said, he's obviously good enough at diagnosing a defense on the fly. To do that if you need him to. He can get the ball out quickly. He can do all of those things. Um, The thing that he, I think, struggled the most with when they transitioned to Kyle Shanahan in 2015, the reason you saw the Falcons offense struggle a little bit was that turning his back to the defense type of play action. It's something that he had not really done at all throughout his career up until that point. And he preferred looking at the defense, scanning the defense as he dropped back. He wanted to see any disguises that they were gonna throw at him, you know, whether or not they had shown somebody a linebacker blitzing and now they were gonna drop him back, what have you. He wanted to watch all of that, process it, and make his decision. He really did have to work on, okay, I'm I'm turning my back, I'm blinding myself, and then I'm turning back around and now I have to read a whole new picture. But he's gotten really good at that. And I think that at this point in his career whatever the Colts throw at him, he's going to be able to pick up immediately. And I really do think in 2022, it's going to be an upgrade. You know, you mentioned Frank Reich. I think he's going to love working with Matt Ryan. I, there's a reason I'm bullish on Matt Ryan's kind of hall of fame chances. I think getting a bump after going to Indianapolis, because I think the rest of the league looks down on the Falcons and I understand why they do. I mean, there's not much historical success here, but getting maybe another team's, thought process and input on Matt Ryan and just the type of player that he is, the talent that he brings, to the position, the professionalism. It would just be great to hear some other positive talk on, on this player that we've all loved here in Atlanta for so long, because sometimes it does need a, another team to be able to identify all of the positives that he brings instead of just one franchise who has kind of been a little bit of a laughing um Unfortunately, throughout most of Matt Ryan's tenure.
0: Well, the one thing that I can say that should be a breath of fresh air for Matt Ryan is he's coming into an organization that's not going to be leaning on him all the time to put yes. the entire game on his shoulders. And that's he, huge. They, he's got a running game. He's got an offensive line. He's got a defense, right? Uh, I mean, the Colts led the NFL in the amount of Pro Bowlers they sent last year, right? I mean, they, they got offensive and defensive at every level. Uh, they're very good all the way around. They just need needed that spot, that most important spot on the team <laughs> filled. So, yeah. you know, uh, during the game, it, will there be times when the Colts might say, hey, we need you to throw it 35, 40 times to win this game because the other team's doing the same thing? Probably. <laughs> but it it's not going to be a game-in, game-out basis. There's going to be games where he might throw 12 times, you know? Yeah. Um, like like Carson Wentz did last year.
1: Well, I, I, but even if – here's the thing. Even if you have to rely on Matt Ryan to step back and, and throw the ball as often as he needs to, he can do that. In, in Dirk Cutter's offense, I mean, the Falcons were mostly a drop-back – passing offense. It's, he's not far removed from really just kind of shouldering the burden. Um, in fact, I would argue that he is more comfortable shouldering the burden than really any quarterback that, that the Colts have had since Andrew Luck. Um, you know, more than Tyrod Taylor, more than, um, Phillip Rivers, more than Carson Wentz. I, I think that if you look back at 2020, he led the NFL in passing attempts. He led the NFL in completions. In 2019, he led the NFL in completions. Matt Ryan can still throw the ball with a lot of volume. In fact, I think you're going to get a better Matt Ryan if you limit that volume, which I think the Colts are very poised to do. But in the games that you need to like unleash Matt Ryan, let's not pretend that he's not been playing from behind most of the last like three mm-hmm. or four seasons he he is more than used to uh letting the ball rip a little bit to either bring the falcons back or you know put them ahead when they need to or make a big third down conversion in, in maybe a 5 minute drill or something to keep them on pace to win the game matt ryan can absolutely do that but he won't need to cuz you all have jonathan taylor and a, ra- a great defense so i mean uh, that's that's what i'm saying he he can lead the way when he needs to but hopefully he won't have to a lot
0: Tons of people take multivitamins, but it's important to choose one that is top quality. With a delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, adaptogens to start your day right. Their special blend of ingredients support gut health, your nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's also lifestyle-friendly and fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. So, reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash believe. These statements have been not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens, take ownership of your health. Well, I'll tell you what, that'll be a breath of fresh air from last year because the Indianapolis Colts led by 10 or more points at halftime in five of their eight losses last year yeah that's nuts generally the colts they 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 were i think the number one or number two scoring offense in the first half right And, and then defensively they just locked down uh generally in the first half and then the second half it always fell apart so if matt ryan is good in the second half because he's used to having to play that way. <laughs> then that will be nice. It'd be pretty good for Matt Ryan to sit there and go, "We're up twenty four <laughs> halftime." Oh well, I mean, hopefully we don't have any flashbacks of the twenty sixteen Super Bowl at that point, but I doubt it, right? Oof. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oof. Oh, I thought we were this. This was a friendly conversation. <laughs> it is a, a friendly conversation. Hey, we all <laughs> we all have those bad memories for for players that we have in situations because that wasn't all on that Ryan. Let's 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 face it. Um, the 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 fact of the matter is is that was the, the funny thing. That was the year that the Falcons had this young opportunistic defense. Yep, and. Th- they kind of folded against the Patriots that year in that in, in the second half. You know, they they started.
1: Uh, I believe five. Um, it was either four. I know for for sure four. It was Devondre Campbell, Keanu Neal, Deion Jones, Brian Poole were all rookies. Um, that started mm-hmm. that Super Bowl. It may have been. I can't remember if Jalen Collins was a rookie that year or not. I think he may have been in the second year. But they they set the record for rookies on defense mm-hmm. starting in the Super Bowl. And yeah, yeah, and and in the first, I mean, let's not forget twenty eight to three also counts the defense. And and they were right. they were shutting out Tom Brady. They had a pick six off of Tom Brady in that first mm-hmm. half. I mean, everything was going their way. And yeah, I, I think that you know a lot of. A lot of it gets blamed, uh, you know, put on Matt Ryan because we just blame quarterbacks for wins and we credit them for or we blame them for losses. We credit them for wins, Mm -hmm. um, you know, somewhat fairly, somewhat unfairly. Matt Ryan didn't do anything to lose that Super Bowl. He should have won. That game should have been won when he completed that amazing pass to Julio Jones, which I think is the best catch in Super Bowl history. Sorry, David Tyree. Sorry, Amari Manningham. But I, I just think that that was the best catch. It ends up being forgotten because they didn't win the game. Uh, but no, I, I mean, it's, it is honestly probably one of the biggest travesties in Atlanta sports that Matt Ryan will not have fulfilled his promise to this franchise. And he picked up... This is the big thing everybody forgets about Matt Ryan is where the Falcons were in 2007. Coming off of Bobby Trino... Coming off of Michael Vick, who was set to go... There's a reason Bobby Petrino came to Atlanta to work with Michael Vick. And before the 2007 season, Michael Vick goes to jail. Bobby Petrino is pretty much in a place he doesn't want to be with one of the most underrated coaching staffs in NFL history. Like the assistant coaches on that team, Mike Zimmer's on that team. Um, uh, I'm blanking on who the offense coordinator was, but it was, uh, you know, a just kind of a lot of future NFL head coaches were on that Atlanta Falcons roster for or coaching staff for one season. It all fell apart. Matt Ryan comes in here, has to kind of totally revitalize the franchise. Does that from day one. First pass is a touchdown. I think he's headed to Canton. Um, But now it looks like that route
0: will head through Indianapolis. So, uh, just a couple questions. Um, uh, not on the Matt Ryan aspect, real quick. A lot of Colts fans are talking about maybe we bring in Julio Jones to pair up with Matt Ryan again. What would be your thoughts on that? Honest thoughts. I,
1: I think he. I think that's smart. On honestly, um, and I, I think that you know I, I really I really like Michael Pittman, um, but I I think that he would benefit a lot from learning from a player like Julio Jones. And even if Julio is, you know, we have seen him deal with the injuries the last couple of years. Mm. Um, that that's not a secret. It, the Titans really only got a handful of games out of him. Um, but you know, he and Michael Pittman have similar play styles. It, It does seem like they can, you know, I wouldn't say that Matt's the, the best or his preferred play style is that 50, 50 jump ball. Because he did always have, even though Roddy White was a two-time state champion wrestler, great 50-50 ball guy because he he loved uh, that to compete. Julio Jones, obviously a great uh, jump ball guy because of his physical prowess. Matt can throw those balls, but he always relied on them to get open. He would throw his guys open. He wanted the run after the catch. So if Michael Pittman's able to learn that skill from somebody like Julio Jones, it's more that that's the place that I think they would get the most benefit from bringing him in rather than just his connection with Matt Ryan, because that connection is going to be amazing just right off the bat because they have all of these years working together. I mean, the number of times that each of them would tell us, hey, we, we don't need training camp with each other. You know, Julio's working on his own. Matt's doing a rehab, whatever. They were fine once the season kicked off. And it was pretty much always true. They're they're good if they stepped on the field tomorrow and needed to play a game together. They're good to go. So 100% it would help Matt Ryan. It would help the Colts because of that connection. I really, really think it would help Michael Pittman Jr. just to learn some of the other nuances of his game from a player as physically imposing as Julio Jones.
0: So uh, Julio leaving the Falcons had nothing to do with his relationship with Matt Ryan just making that clear,
1: leaving the Falcons. Um, I don't believe so. I don't know that for, for certainty. Um, I think it had more to do with just the changing of the Falcons organization, front office, coaching staff, all of that. And given where the Falcons were talent wise, what they were expecting to do over the ne- last or next couple of years, I guess. Um, and you know, where, where he was with the franchise, I, I don't think it had anything to do, but again, I I don't know for a certainty, I know there were reports out there that, that he had some questions, I guess, about Matt Ryan's ability to put some zip on the ball. Who knows? Um, it, it, you know, if, if Julio feels that way, maybe he has some thoughts about reuniting with Matt Ryan. I don't know enough about that to really be able to put that in a, into words. All I can say is I think Matt Ryan could still get him the ball. I think Julio Jones could, uh, could still make some plays with Matt Ryan throwing him the ball. So I'd well, be all for seeing him to, together again.
0: Well, I mean, let's let's face it. There was, it's not like M- Matt Ryan didn't have receivers that he made look really good, and they leave and go to another team and just crap the bed. Let's—that's <coughs> what I'm Muhammad saying, Muhammad shnu. <laughs> <knew>. uh, <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. I mean, it's like right? Matt
1: Ryan always—he, it's—it's like a, he always needs to have good receivers around him, and yet nobody credits receivers be, around him for being good you know it's not like he makes anybody better they all are great when they get to him and then you know it's just he benefits from them no he he makes his receivers better
0: yeah i think so too um just i'm curious about how much longer we have with him that's that's the that's the big question in my mind uh is there any final thoughts you want to bring into this <sighs>
1: Yeah, I really, really hoped um, that if this trade was going to go down, it, it wasn't for a third round pick. That it was going to be for uh, Quentin Nelson and Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> and I, I, I just, I, I was like, I was ready to give you guys Matt Ryan. It's fine. I'll take Jonathan Taylor. I'll take Quentin Nelson off your hands. Um, <laughs> that that you guys have everybody together. I really, truly do. And I, I'm not trying to get anybody's hopes up. I just think that Matt Ryan has been underrated particularly over the last part of his career I think that he is you know among the kind of older era of quarterback and and in that group I put Philip Rivers Eli Manning Ben Roethlisberger Aaron Rodgers Tom Brady that class I lump Matt Ryan in there because he's much closer to those guys than he is you know the Carson Wentz's, the Lamar Jacksons the Patrick Mahomes that group Um, he has maybe been more underrated than a lot of those guys the last couple of years of his career because the Falcons have not done well, but the Falcons have done much, much better than they should have because of Matt Ryan. And that is why I'm really bullish on, I think him taking a Colts team that has a much, much better roster than anything the Falcons have had in place over the last four years. Uh, I think he takes them from just being a playoff team that has second round aspirations to legitimately being a Super Bowl contender. Because I I think that he is, at this point in his career, he's seen everything that you can throw at him. So pre-snap, he's going to diagnose it. Post-snap, he's far from over the hill. You know, is he peak Matt Ryan? No, he's not. But peak Matt Ryan was never known for his physical prowess. Peak Matt Ryan was known for his decision-making, his kind of almost weird intangible, like, during the play. If it breaks down, he is good enough at getting out of it. He can recognize things quick enough to move up in the pocket, escape, do little things to buy time. And then he just diagnoses the receivers, the defense, really, really well. And I just think that if Indianapolis can get consistent quarterback play over the course of a season and, you know, above-average quarterback play, that's what Matt Ryan's going to bring to him and he can get them into the postseason. And then that's where I really think that barring injuries, I like Indy's roster a lot, especially with Matt Ryan at quarterback. Awesome.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for taking time out after you got off work. (laughs) (laughs) Appreciate that a lot. Go ahead, take a moment again and and, uh, tell people a little bit about yourself before we get out of here.
1: Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for having me on. I, I really enjoyed maybe my final chance to to get wax poetic about Mount Ryan. Um, no, Andy, you guys are really going to love him. Uh, he's going to be great. But if you care on hearing any more from me, you can follow me uh, on Twitter at Will McFadden. Head over to The Falcoholic. Um, that's where we're covering all of the Atlanta Falcons news or listen to my podcast, Believe in Falcons, wherever you listen to this podcast. Awesome.
0: (laughs) Well, thanks again. And until next time, I'm Lawrence Owen with Will McFadden. We're talking about the trade of former Falcons quarterback, longtime quarterback, Matt Ryan to the Indianapolis Colts. And until (laughs) next time, have a good one. Go Colts. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger.